Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Conan. There was a post today by a gentleman who, I, I think it's the guy that made Liberty Maniacs, or one of the Liberty clothing lines. I apologize. I think his name's Dan. I don't have the post directly in front of me, but he made a post about the fact that he had posted this story that we're about to share with you from The Intercept, this in-depth report Mm -hmm. on the Department of Homeland Security and cracking down on speech online. And then he went and he looked at the statistics on his post because there's a way to do that. Now, I don't know if this was Facebook or Twitter or whatever. One of those. It was one of those. Right. And he clicked on later. I don't know how much time had passed, but this is a person who's well followed. He's he's got way more followers than, you know, most people. Right. And I mean, he's not like, you know, Kim Kardashian level, but he's probably in the tens of of thousands. And he looked at the statistics on his post, and it was just null. Makes sense. There was nothing. Makes perfect sense to me. So it has absolutely been suppressed. So that's why you're not, quote-unquote, seeing it. It's probably being posted right and left, but the algorithms are locking it out. As as this article discusses. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to share it? Yeah, go, go go right ahead. So uh, this is from the uh, the Intercept reporter Lee Fang and Ken Klippenstein. And, you know, the Intercept, I, I just got to give them some credit. They do some really great in-depth reporting. Uh, one of the co-founders, Glenn Greenwald, who, of course, he's the person who really revealed this uh, Edward Snowden revelations almost a decade ago now at this point. He had a falling out with the Intercept. I guess there was some leftist leftism that was rubbing him the wrong way. And, of course, they put a board of directors in charge of the thing that he helped to create, and they kind of ran it in a direction he didn't want it to. But from that said, they're still doing some some good work, and this is part of it. Uh, So the Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech that it considers dangerous, An investigation by The Intercept found years of internal DHS memos, emails, and documents obtained via leaks and an ongoing lawsuit, as well as public documents, illustrate an expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms. Mm -mm -mm. And by the way, we've known this. Sure. We've known all about this. Um, I think what is most important, if this article ever gets out there, hopefully it does, Mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, is how far government will go in order to control the narrative oh and, yeah they're um, desperate and and most normies just will not accept it they will they don't believe you they think you're go put your tinfoil hat back on conan um or they'll they'll just or or ignore it or it's just it's a nothing burger it's, or maybe it's, they it's, think it's for their own good you know like oh well you know we can't just let people post whatever they want well absolutely there's a whole there's a whole wing of this country who yeah. that's all they're that's all they've been complaining about all week with old mr x what we predicted when this news about the Disinformation Governance Board came out uh, was that this wasn't going to go away. They, they, they quote-unquote scuttled the program, right? There was all this public outrage that came up about this, and the government, they, they appeared to back off. Like, oh, well, we'll, we'll just uh, put it on hold, and then they quote-unquote shut it down. Yeah, when they, when they, pull, when they brought her out, I thought, I thought it really felt to me that they were just checking the water. To see if it yeah. was how the public would respond, and overwhelmingly good, good on normies out there, uh, there was a lot of backlash. Well, Espe- you especially because you keep using the term normies. People who I... don't pay attention to politics. 
Well, those people aren't paying attention. It's the people who are paying attention and were ups- that were upset about this. Average people probably have no idea about that story. You're, you might be right. I mean, what are the odds that the, the person who's listening to pop music radio or country music radio or whatever in the morning and in the evening on their way to and from work and they get home at, at night and they flip the television on so they can watch their sports ball or their favorite sitcoms or whatever it is that's on TV these days and they're, you know, crack open their beer or light up a joint and, you know, grab the uh, the fast food what are the odds that person is going to even come in contact with a story about a disinformation governance board? Uh, what are the odds the morning, the zany wild morning show that they're listening to on the way to work is going to cover? Well, this a case, story like that? in this case, no, they, they're never going to come no. across that. But when they brought that crazy lady out, mm-hmm. it became mainstream. You think so? Yeah, because she was doing all the crazy songs on TikTok, and yeah, maybe that did get some shares. I think they were even, sh- I think they were even sharing that in comedy late night comedy uh, shows. Well, whatever happened. It was enough to stir up enough outrage to where the government made it look like we're just going to make, okay, hey, we were wrong. What were we thinking? And if you believed that, if you bought that story that they were just going to shut this thing down, it's obvious what they were going to do. They're going to keep doing the thing. They're just not going to talk about it. It's a new wing of government. It's once you create these, these tentacles. These Hydra heads, they never, ever go no. away. I mean, they, they might bury themselves and hide. Change the name of the department, put it underneath another existing department, and then shut up about it. Uh, and that's what they did here. According to The Intercept, behind closed doors and through pressure on private platforms, the U.S. government has used its power to try to shape online discourse. According to mini, uh, meeting minutes and other records appended to a lawsuit filed by the Missouri Attorney General, uh, Republican uh, Eric Schmidt, who's also running for Senate, Discussions have ranged from the scale and scope of government intervention in online discourse to the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests for false or intentionally misleading information. According to who? These guys. Laura Demlo, who is the FBI person you're referring to, in a March meeting warned that the threat of subversive information on social media could undermine support for the U.S. government. Which, of course, exactly what that's, we want. To that's see. exactly, uh, you mean like uh, peaceful divorce? Yeah, national divorce. But then sure. we'll get our callers and the guys, I know there's some old dude in the chair flipping out right now when he hears the idea that uh, those, those crazy free staters, you know, why do they want mm-hmm. to leave? You can't have that. We had a civil war that proved it was wrong. Why do you want to stay so by, uh, so badly is, should be the real question. And further... Uh, in fact, I was just talking with my washing repair guy about this because he was he was apparently there was some controversy in a local Republican sort of one of the most local town level Republican parties mm-hmm. where they refused to give campaign funds to Matt Santanastasso, who is the uh, the free stater, the liberty activist, the state rep who was one of the co-sponsors of the secession bill. Right. So they were handing out checks to all the Republican candidates except for one. And the executive committee refused to to cut a check because to of because, because of, because of the secession or because he wasn't Republican enough. No, well, obviously spe- he's obviously he's not Republican enough. But, but he is a Republican, right? Like he's a person running as a Republican. And the guy that I was uh, talking to, he made a great point. He's like, "Look, if this isn't who you wanted as your candidate, you should have run someone in the primary right. and taken him out." But because he's a Republican, you should be giving him a check, too. So there was actually this uprising within the party of the sort of the normal members were angry at the board of directors for not giving him 
uh, this check. But of course, it led to a conversation with one of the the treasurer, who apparently is this Republican that votes Democrat, and somehow he's on the the wow. Republican committee. According to the notes of the discussion, attended by senior executives from Twitter and J.P. Morgan Chase. There you go, of course. Stressed that, quote, we need a media infrastructure that is held accountable. Spokesperson for Twitter wrote in a statement that, quote, we do not coordinate with other entities when making content moderation decisions, and we independently evaluate content in line with the Twitter rules. Well, I don't believe you, number one, Twitter. Uh, obviously you're going to do what the government says because you're a mega corporation and all mega corporations do what they're told by the government. It's basically part of the deal, right? Like when you form a, a big limited liability corporation, you better believe part of the terms of that agreement are that you will enforce the quote unquote law that you as a corporation are essentially an outgrowth of the federal or state government. Absolutely. They're providing you with this corporate veil, this corporate protection, because you don't need to be a corporation to be a business, right? Like you can just open a business and you don't have to get a corporation. Yeah. yeah. A private, private corporation by ass, which is what the left have been saying for the past month. They're not private in any way way or shape. No, they're not. So they'll do what they're told. Anyway, there's a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled. And that means basically not taken offline, but nullified as far as its reach is concerned. Yeah, which and we both are probably, well, you're not on Facebook anymore, but I'm yeah. sure that I'm, you know, with the with my connection, I think that uh, I'm way down there. I suspect something like that happens to me on Twitter as well. But then again, I just probably don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm not a constant Twitterer. I'm, I like to use the platform to gather show prep and things like yep. that and kind of see what's going on, see what people are talking about. Uh, but I don't tweet every day. You know, I tweet maybe a couple times a week or something like that. And so they say you're supposed to tweet 10 times a day if you really want to grow the, so the growth of the Twitter So you're account. probably not going to buy your uh, $20 blue check? No, I don't have any plans. $20 a month or whatever it is? I don't even qualify for it because I violated the Twitter rules. So unless they change the rules of how you can get the blue check, right. I can't get it. The Facebook portal is still up and running. They're still at it. And they are doing it uh you know directly the the government bureaucrats can log right into this portal and directly flag the things they want facebook to take offline or at the very least throttle down Mm -hmm. make it so it's not really visible their mission they say here to fight so-called disinformation stemming from concerns around russian influence in the 2016 presidential election at least that's the public excuse they're making fake news Uh, began taking shape during the 2020 election and over efforts to shape discussions around vaccine policy during the coronavirus pandemic. Documents collected by The Intercept from a variety of sources, including current officials and publicly available reports, reveal the evolution of more active measures by Department of Homeland Security. According to the draft copy of their Quadrennial Homeland Security Review, their capstone report outlining the department's strategy and priorities in the coming years, they plan to target inaccurate, so-called inaccurate information on a wide range of topics, including, quote, the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, and as though anyone knows what the truth is besides whoever it was that started it. Right. 
uh, and the efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines, racial justice, U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support to Ukraine. All things that the public need to discuss on a regular basis. And have the truth about. These are the hardest-hitting things, maybe not racial justice. Some people think that it is. But all these others, especially the COVID-19, are very important to discuss and have have regular discussions about. Right. How else are you supposed to get at the truth if you cannot see the different opinions every angle that are out every there. bias you need to but as we're finding out we've been talking about this for three years sure well forever but for three years especially when it comes to the covid that people have been quieted they have been deplatformed for talking for coming at it at another angle even though now later much of the covid information is being revealed as true the very things that were being said was misinfo the very things that the the pro-government side was saying were conspiracy theory and we're saying were lies and misinformation in 2020 and 2021 many of those things have now been proven to be absolute fact yep and many of the things that they said beyond that like saying the vaccines were going to be 100 percent effective nope never i mean there's there's so much video of that out there they haven't been able to suppress that but that's what they said and it's not even close to being true and now what is being discussed in the on the mainstreams that we are not allowed to talk about i don't know like uh, the war in ukraine mm-hmm. oh, you yeah. know are we going to be finding out in two three four years that this whole thing this whole wag the dog debacle was just was a sham was a sham of course we are but then we'll have something else to worry. There'll be oh, something yeah. else the going next on. Thing. The next depression. How disinformation is defined by the government has not been clearly articulated. Well, it's because it's one of those things where they'll know they, it when they see yeah, it. Yeah, but they, it's, right? a, it's a growing. It's a it's a process. Oh, we don't like this, so it's disinf- disinformation or any information that might call into question the validity. And the belief system of people that love the government. It's what that lady said, the FBI official, undermining government. Right. Yeah. And by the way, it'll, it, it's, it's a growing process. It grows. It evolves. And it's what bad thing this week. That's it. That's how, that's how you decide. And, it's, and, it, and you, all you have to do is look at Twitter at the top of the, at the, top of the feed. That's what's bad this week. Oh, Disinformation. The trending. The, the trending, trending stuff. yeah. And the inherently subjective nature of what constitutes disinformation provides a broad opening for DHS officials to make politically motivated determinations about what constitutes dangerous speech. Department of Homeland Security justifies these goals, which have expanded far beyond its original purview on foreign threats to encompass disinformation originating domestically by claiming that terrorist threats can be, quote, exacerbated by misinformation and disinformation spread online. What is the difference between misinformation and disinformation? In this in this sense, are the what this like at all? Like to me, they they seem like they should just be synonyms. Misinformation is an accident. Disinformation is intentional. Is it? I believe. Okay. Uh, but the laudable goal they said, or this is uh, the the Intercept now saying this: the laudable goal of protecting Americans from danger has often been used to conceal political maneuvering. Since the be- by the way, since the beginning of time, absolutely benevolent governments protecting their people from safe. from the bad guy. 
In 2004, for instance, they faced pressure from the George W. Bush administration to heighten the national threat level for terrorism in a bid to influence voters prior to the election, according to the former DHS secretary, Tom Ridge. U.S. officials have routinely lied about an array of issues, from the causes of the wars in Vietnam and Iraq to their more recent obfuscation around the role of the National Institutes of Health in funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology's coronavirus research. Hello, weapons of mass destruction. Hello, so many. Yeah, I mean, as they say here, you you can't sum up all of the lies of the U.S. federal government in one paragraph. But yeah, welcome to the state. Earlier this year, Ron DeSantis, the governor in Florida, signed a, a law known by supporters as the Stop Woke Act, which bans private employers from workplace trainings asserting an individual's moral character is privileged or oppressed based on his or her race, color, sex, or national origin. The law, critics charged, amounted to a broad suppression of speech deemed offensive. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, or FIRE, has since filed a lawsuit against DeSantis alleging unconstitutional censorship. Hmm, I didn't hear about this. Federal judge temporarily blocked parts of the Stop Woke Act, ruling the law had violated workers' First Amendment rights. Quote, Florida's legislators may well find plaintiff's speech repugnant, but under our constitutional scheme, the remedy for repugnant speech is more speech, not enforced silence, wrote Judge Mark Walker in a colorful opinion, castigating the law. And I agree with that. That is always the solution to speech that you don't like. It's not to shut it down. It's to rebuke it, is to call it out and question it. And I don't know enough about the Stop Woke Act. Yeah, I, I have. We have never talked about this. This is new to me. I think it got a. I think it was. Wasn't it the anti? They had a different name for it. Wasn't it like the anti-gay bill or something? That's like what that? the left was calling it. Yeah. But I think this is something. I think this is something different. Maybe. Well, regardless, if it affected private employers, then they shouldn't. They shouldn't be banned from saying whatever. Yeah, they this want. is kind of the same argument as our right to work law here in in New Hampshire. It's like how do you? Don't can't, we, I don't think we don't. We have one. Of those, I don't. Right? I think this is something. They're, they're, they're something they're always trying to get past. Yeah, and it hasn't yet. And uh, the 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 point is is can you can you make a private uh, company? Can you prevent that private company? Can you create a law that prevents them from wanting you in a union mm. or preventing you from being in a union? And the and it's a good question. I mean, I don't have any. I don't want to have any part of it. I don't probably. I probably don't want to have any part of these woke. Uh, participation trophies that some private company probably wants me to uh, to put up with, but at the same time, can you tell that company that they can't have these these special classes? Yeah, the, the whole right to work thing is a kind of a confusing issue. First of all, it's confusingly named. Yeah, oh, it's a guess because it's, it's a law. Yeah, <laughs> Our, and and, uh, and the whole idea of unions. Okay, I'm in favor of the idea of the union if it's done on a voluntary basis, but with all the laws that surround unions, they're not right. So, no, a union should not be able to force people into the union. Don't act for a moment like this is a Democrat-only problem. This started under Trump. Prior to the 2020 election... Well, it it started in 2016 when dead internet theory happened Mm. and all the bots took over. Tech companies, and, and AI, Sorry. including Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, Wikipedia, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Verizon met on a monthly basis with the FBI, CISA, and other government representatives... According to NBC News, the meetings were part of an initiative still ongoing between the private sector and government to discuss how firms would handle so-called misinformation during the election. Monthly meetings. Yeah, did you did you name off all of the companies? 
Microsoft, LinkedIn, Verizon, Wikipedia, Discord, Reddit, Facebook, and Twitter. But that's just including. There could have been more that were involved in it, but those are some pretty big ones. Glad we're not on Discord anymore. Yeah. Uh, the stepped-up counter-disinformation effort began in 2018 following high-profile hacking incidents of U.S. firms when Congress passed and President Donald Trump there signed yep. the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Act, forming a new wing because we didn't have enough government bureaucracy. There wasn't enough to the Department of Homeland Security. They needed a whole new bunch of cops. Information cops. Uh, truth, truth police. Yeah. I think isn't that what they called this? Or truth I, I, cops, I yeah, think they called like the that. whole article. Forming a new wing to protect critical national infrastructure. On August 20, uh, 2022, report by DHS sketches the rapidly accelerating move toward policing disinformation. From the outset, CISA boasted of an evolved mission to monitor social media discussions while, quote, routining or rather routing disinformation concerns, unquote, to private sector platforms. In 2018, the then-secretary created the Countering Foreign Influence Task Force (laughs) to respond to election disinformation. The task force, which included members of CISA as well as the Office of Intelligence and Analysis, generated, quote, threat intelligence, unquote, about the election and notified social media platforms and law enforcement. At the same time, DHS began notifying social media companies about voting-related disinformation appearing on social platforms. I mean, it just goes on. There's another entity they made the next year called the Foreign Influence and Interference Branch to generate detailed information about disinformation, says the inspector general. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. That year, its staff grew to include 15 full and part-time people dedicated to disinformation analysis. Let's go to those phones uh, to Major Payne calling from Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Hey, Ian. I was just surprised that the beginning of the end might be at hand. The Bank of England has been buying their own debt, as, as, as all governments have for quite a while. But they are now to the point of depression where they are forced to put many of these bonds on the open market for bid. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the great behemoth who started all this colonization of the whole damn world has finally come to its knees, it would seem. Eh, we'll survive. Well, it it'll, might... it'll, it'll get taken over by a new entity. It'll all repeat. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little too early to proclaim the uh, the death of the central banks. I mean, I would love to do a little grave dancing in that particular case, but I think they've got a few tricks up their sleeve, Major. Well, it it would seem a coal has been thrown into the paper products. All right. The smoldering, festering beast is now apprised of his own d- demise. That just means he's going to get desperate. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've been getting desperate a long time. You were just talking about them releasing all this public information that we weren't never supposed to know, but most of us always did. I want to know when they're going to release the truth about nine eleven. How they blew the mm. piers out from under that building at like five forty-five in the morning. None of the hot dog vendors were around. I don't know, man. We still don't know the truth about. To be there. We still don't know the truth yeah. about JFK. You know? Nope. I mean, it's that's been uh, more than fifty I, years, sixty I, years. I think old I think old George Bush Senior sniped him. That's how he got his rise. So there's the Countering Foreign Influence Task Force started in 2018. 
Then in 2019, the Foreign Influence and Interference Branch, these are all new Department of Homeland Security bureaucracies that were created. 2020, CISA then began working with other members of the U.S. intelligence community, the Office of Intelligence and Analysis Personnel, conducting weekly teleconferences to coordinate activities related to election disinformation. Further, in 2021, CISA, under Joe Biden, replaced the Countering Foreign Influence Task Force with the, quote, misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation team. Oh, there you got another one. Team. I'll have to look that one up. Which was created, quote, to promote more flexibility to focus on general MDM, which stands for those three words. By now, the scope of the effort had expanded beyond disinformation produced by foreign governments. Remember, the original claim was, oh, the Russians, we got to be careful, make sure the Russians aren't interfering. Well, within three years, it became, oh, domestic misinformation. We need to focus on that, is what they're saying. So according to the story here, the MDM team, according to one CISA official quoted in the report, quote, counters all types of disinformation to be responsive to current events. And Joe Biden's appointed director of CISA, Jen Easterly, made it clear she would continue to shift resources in the agency to combat the spread of dangerous forms of information on social media. She said at the time, quote, one could argue we're in the business of critical infrastructure and the most critical infrastructure is our cognitive infrastructure, meaning Mm. people's thoughts. Yes, yes. Thought police. So building that resilience, she said, to misinformation and disinformation, I think, is incredibly important. They've had meetings with the FBI on this, of course. They have their own foreign intelligence or rather foreign influence task force including 80 individuals focused on curbing, quote, subversive data utilized to drive a wedge between the populace and the government. It said further in a uh, statement by their acting secretary of the DHS, quote, the department will spearhead initiatives to raise awareness of disinformation campaigns targeting communities in the United States, providing citizens the tools necessary to identify and halt the spread of information operations intended to promote radicalization to violent extremism or mobilization to violence. See, that's what this is all about, Conan. They're just trying to keep people safe. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what governments do, right? Yeah, it's about stopping violence. I mean, who could be against that? You're not against stopping violence, are you? No. Well, that's so what I they guess I to have do. to go along. See, that's what they have to oh, do. They, just they got to, me. They got me again. They have to stop these negative opinions about the government because if people stop believing in the government, we might have another civil war. Yeah, there could be violence that happens. Now, look, I'm against violence too. I want to be. I want to be clear. I don't think violence is the solution. I don't think that's the answer, and I don't think that people falling into disbelief about the state necessarily means they're going to go towards violence, right? We've got a whole community of libertarians here in New Hampshire that is getting larger as the days and the weeks and the months and years go on. There's more people migrating here from all over the the country and the world, and they are not a violent people. They are people who, by and large, do not buy into mythology, uh, the mythology of statism into the idea that the government, as we know it, the federal state governments, are something that's of value. We reject it entirely, for the most part. There may be some small government people within uh, the Free State Project, but most of the people that I know are total libertarians, total voluntarists, total liberty-loving anarchists. And there has not been 
one iota of violence by free staters against the state. Nope. So it doesn't follow that breaking up with the idea of the state, ending one's fantasies, the flag waving, the red, white, and blue, and the bald eagles, and all the the nonsense imagery, that divorcing oneself from that, divorcing from the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem and all of this programming that has been hammered into us in, of course, the government schools, getting rid of those ideas does not mean that you are going to become some sort of crazed bomber. The memo outlines plans to work with the private tech sector partners to share unclassified DHS intelligence on, quote, DT actors and their tactics so the platforms can, quote, move effectively to use their own tools to enforce user agreements, slash terms of service, and remove DT content. Biden prioritized those efforts last year. Again, the like what I like about this story is it's tying Trump right in with Biden. They're all on the same page. Yep. These people are not different. Last year, the Biden administration released the first national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. The strategy identified a, quote, broader priority. And I, I really think this is important here. Enhancing faith in government. Oh, God. Remember, I don't know if you remember this, Conan, but when Biden was running for office, the top... Uh, what do they call it? Cover photo of his Twitter page said, "Keep the faith." And he wasn't the only Democrat that had that that cover photo. Keep the faith. And we commented at the time that that's awfully revealing, isn't it? That the government is referring to itself as a religion, as a faith, as a church. Mm-hmm. Now they're not going to come right out and say church, but they have all of the trappings of a church. And we've covered this. You know, look at a courtroom if you want a per- perfect example. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. How many people voted for Biden who uh, wouldn't have if they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop? But well, it wouldn't have done any good if they'd voted for Trump. It, according to the Trumpers, it would. But they're full they're, of it. They're, they're, they're savior and messiah. They just don't know what Trump was doing. All the, who signed this into, into yeah, law, by the way. This started under Trump. This whole domestic terror re, you know, response, stop the misinformation Trump started this ball rolling and Biden is continuing to kick it, right? Like that's what's happening here. And that's true of all of the presidential powers that each president has built upon the powers that have been aggregated during the previous presidents and they never abolished them. Oh, yeah. And and that particular president might not have acted on that new law, the new legislation, but uh, 
you sure as hell as the next one did. I think it is worth bringing up here, since you asked about the election, Conan, uh, Justin Amash had made a post today, which I think really sums it up. He says, when the GOP retakes the House, most of the same Republican politicians who are now apoplectic about unconstitutional surveillance, FISA, the FBI, government collusion with social media companies, Department of Homeland Security, arms to Ukraine, massive spending bills, etc., will vote to support and fund all of it. All of it. Or they just won't do anything. It'll just keep on trucking along. They won't. They won't end anything. They'll. They'll have to vote to continue a lot of these programs, right? Like, so they're going to keep doing it, and they're going to expand it. That's the only thing I disagree with uh, Justin Amash on. Is not only are they going to continue the status quo, they're going to fund it greater than ever. You think they're going to continue to fund the the conflict in uh, Ukraine? As they, why the, wouldn't they? No, they said they're not going to. They said they're going to cut back on all of the money. The money that's still being distributed they're liars i don't believe them for a moment they're politicians they'll say anything they want to get into office oh yeah we're gonna abolish the fbi because they raided donald trump sure you are no when they get a hold of the fbi they're gonna turn them against the democrats that's what they're going to do it's a political tool and they know it it is And it's a valuable political tool. And that's not new, by the way. That's been going on since at least as far back as Martin Luther King. Since its inception. Yeah. When they started, when they, they're a blackmail organization. That's what they do. You remember, I don't know if you heard about it recently, but apparently the FBI had like tons of files on Aretha Franklin. I didn't know that. Yeah, they'd spent. I knew about Malcolm X and uh, JFK. They were watching Aretha Franklin too. They're talking about how they're working with like-minded governments, civil society, and the technology sector to address terrorist and violent extremist content online, including through innovative research collaborations, according to a DHS strategy document, where they identified a broader priority to enhance faith in government. There it is. And that is an important thing to them, because if people don't believe in the state they'll stop buying your product and they'll move on they'll try something different now what that would look like that's one of the things we like to kind of fantasize about here on free talk live to visualize what a future without a government monopoly on violence which is what the state is mohawks motorcycles no fuel mad max yeah (laughs) i don't think that would be the case i don't think so either you probably have more fuel than you know what to do oh in the in the in the urban setups it might there might be some strife out here where we're at, I think we'll do just fine. Well, the urban people are the least likely to want to get rid of the government anytime soon. So that's one of the reasons why we just need to break up. You mentioned the national divorce earlier tonight, Conan, and it's worth pointing out. Remember, national divorce doesn't mean just two. It could mean seven. It could mean 50. It could mean various different configurations of, of breakup for this union. But it's got to happen because this has to stop at I, some point. I, I, think it, I think it will. It'll be similar to the USSR. Mm. It'll, it, we'll, we, we're going to break it up. It gets crushed under its own weight. Basically. Oh, absolutely. We yeah. just, we just, we can't do this any longer. It's, it's not, it, the, the pyramid is crumbling. It's going to fall apart. And yeah, in, in order uh, to get, just to get by, uh, it's the breakup's going to have to happen. It's going to happen. And, and, I, and, and, and in some cases, in some situations, in some areas, it will be violent. But I think a lot of the new countries will do just fine. Um, they planted the seeds, by the way. Look, I, like I said, I don't support violence, but it's them who created the, the seeds of violence out there. They're the ones who are using violence first. 
They're the ones who are threatening people. They're the ones who are putting peaceful people behind bars. And eventually you keep pushing somebody and they will snap. Cornered beast. Exactly. And the people are that, that cornered beast right now. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't call for it. I think violence is not the solution. But I understand how beasts operate. And humans are just beasts. Meat sacks. We're, we're just above the level of throwing poop at one another. Henza is on the line in Arizona. What's on your mind, Henza? Hey, guys. Uh, Conan posed a question earlier tonight about the intercept. Will it actually change any minds? And mm. uh, in many conversations online, I've noticed that people just absolutely refuse to even read this article, falling it out and really? calling it false. And Oh, yeah. And it's, well, it's, um, it's too it, long, man. No one's gonna long. No one's going to take the time to get past the first three paragraphs. At least the first three paragraphs are good to go. Yep. Give you, give you a good idea yeah. of what's going on. But, yeah, I don't even think they can do that. Absolutely. I mean, it, this should be like the Watergate of our generation, watching just how much our our elections, politics, um, not our, but their election and politics and everything that they have is just being completely, you know, corrupted. And people just have no power. Their votes don't matter anymore. E- even the platforms they talk on. Uh, they can't even have free speech or or say what they you know would like to say without being manipulated. This is true. Yeah, it's frustrating. What do you want to do about it? Uh, well, for me, I, I just leave in a dollar. I've, I've basically sold almost everything I have, or every dollar I have, for just different things. And I, I got into Bitcoin and stuff like that. Nice. Left the country, and I, I particularly just live on the outskirts of society because I can't necessarily support myself without some of the things in society. But yeah, I, I'm doing as much as I can just to kind of like walk away from the system itself. It's, it's just complete trash. I love what you guys are doing over there in New Hampshire, especially in Keene. Like you can go to like, how many stores you have now that uh, accept Bitcoin over there? It's not enough of them, but several. Um, I mean, there's, can I uh, like get my groceries? No, unfortunately, we're not there yet. There is one uh, convenience store. We actually had three at one time. One went out of business. The other one sadly stopped taking uh, crypto earlier this year. And then one is still accepting cryptocurrency. But there's a doctor. There's a dentist. There's a car repair uh, place. There are a few restaurants as well. So it's the, we got some some nice fundamentals uh, where you can spend crypto here. And some goldback acceptance as well, which, of course, is a great alternative to uh, to the dollar for those that you know aren't interested in crypto. Gold is, uh, is a longtime winner when it comes to being a great alternative currency. And the goldbacks are actually being accepted by a handful of places as well. Not, not as many as, as crypto, but it's also newer. I think that's my biggest fear about that area is the, the irrational fear that uh, the United States, it, it just looks and feels like they're on a precipice of nuclear war, uh, NATO and Russia, and then even China trying to um, outmaneuver um, the United States in, in, the, in the Southern Pacific. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it just, uh, the, the political environment just seems so scary. That's the reason why I'm attracted to Mexico. And, you know, we have like 14 businesses that accept crypto down there. None of them grocery stores, of course. Mm. And uh, But you guys are doing uh, quite a bit in New Hampshire. That's extremely impressive. When you and, say 14 uh, businesses, do you mean all in like Puerto Vallarta or in all over Mexico? No, no. In Puerto Vallarta, you know, uh, spread around the Bay and Busurias and uh, Nuevo uh uh, yeah, stuff like that. That's cool. There. That's that's so, a decent amount. Fourteen is probably more than most American cities have. 
Yeah, yeah, we we were working hard at it, you know, just uh, running around. Uh, we we were having a huge up, uphill battle because there's so many vaccine uh, refugees over there trying mm-hmm. to fight the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates and everything like that all the time. So, are there still yeah, mask they, mandates in uh, the area of Mexico and Puerto Vallarta? As far as I know, they just recently let them go, okay. probably a few months ago. Yeah, it was it was awful there. I, I couldn't believe how long they held on to it. But they literally hire people to stand at the door and not let you in unless you were wearing a mask. And wow. it was just uh, – it wasn't the private businesses. It was all the corporations mm-hmm. out there, you know, like Walmarts and Sam's Club and Costco's and stuff like that wouldn't let you in. But, you know, you go to the smaller shops, you know, force this to do business with uh, smaller people, which was better for us anyway. Yeah. All right. You know, when you consider, I'm looking at, I'm over here at uh, Cryptidia, Cryptida, uh, there are 28,000 Bitcoin ATM machines in the U.S. That's amazing. Someone's wow. buying, <laughs> someone's buying Bitcoin. Yeah, you better believe it. Um, it's, it, but it's sad that this is, it's not being spent anywhere except like online, I guess. Yeah, and the, you know, the, the dark web. Yeah. Sarah's in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. You know that oil companies in the last three months have uh, made, like, killer um, billion-dollar profits? Yeah, Exxon. Exxon is making record profit. Well, all of them, Mobile, Chevron, BP, all of them. I mean, they're making, like, in the billions. And uh, um, so President Biden, and they want to tax the um, these uh, companies, and as far as I'm concerned, um, they need to pay their fair, fair uh, you know, share fair of share. You really yeah, believe there is I such mean, a thing as a fair share? Well, Sarah taxes? doesn't believe that those oil companies built themselves. We built those mm-hmm. companies, so we, you know, it's socialism 101. Sarah, Sarah, you do understand that when a corporation pays taxes, they just charge their customers for it, right? Right, and they've been getting away with it. I, I mean, they okay. don't, I mean, if people want to but drive wait, a car. I, I understand that you aren't concerned with the price of gas, but most people in the United States who actually have to drive to go somewhere for a living or whatever to get groceries, right. most of them are concerned about the price of gas. So, right, but you know what? What are they going to do about it? That's the whole point. What are who going to do about okay, it? That's- if you if I if you own a car, you want to buy gas. They're charging seven, eight dollars a gallon. It's what not are you that bad yet, but it, it will be probably eventually. Well, there's nothing people could do about it, and people are they're they're being caught. They've been using that war, or because the Ukrainian war, I could jack up the price all I want and use that as, as we know. That I agree with that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Sarah. To answer anyway. your question, it's not to tax the oil producers because again that the taxes just get passed along so if your gas is three dollars a gallon without taxes well guess what it's going to be four dollars a gallon with taxes or five dollars a gallon or whatever and you know you the more you tax it the more the price is at the pump this is just basic how taxes work corporations always pass it to the consumer so if you want to punish the oil companies then set them free into a free market of energy where there's no subsidies for them, which they're getting, by the way. That's what the military is. When they send the military over to the Middle East to seize oil fields from you know, Saddam Hussein or the Afghans or whoever it is they're seizing oil fields from, then that's benefiting the oil companies, and the taxpayers are the ones footing the bill for that. 
Elijah in uh, calling from Odyssey. He's watching us on the Odyssey platform at video.freetalklive.com. Uh, uh, Elijah, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's on your mind, dude? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the midterm elections because I saw that they were kind of a hot topic um, a few nights ago. And I don't think some of the things that need to be touched on are getting touched on right now. Like what? Uh, I, I actually, I sorry, what? Like what? Well, I, I think a lot of people believe that the Republican Party right now um, cares about, you know, the candidates that they're putting up in these races. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually coming right now from Pennsylvania. And, you know, we have, you know, Dr. Oz and we have the other Better guys running for governor. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about Fetterman. I'm talking about the other guy that's running for governor against, uh, what's his name? The guy I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not too informed to know about it. Uh, it doesn't matter who they all are. They're all a bunch of lying scum. So what about exactly. them? Exactly. They're scum. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think the thing that people are forgetting, right, is that this is the same Republican Party that supported insurrectionists and, you know, all this, all this other thing. I mean, they still defend Marjorie Taylor Greene to this very day. Well, let's be uh, clear. They won't defend insurrectionists if they are in control of the federal government. Then they'll be turning the FBI against the Democrats because they're all just constantly infighting with one another and the American people's freedoms are the ones that suffer. I don't think they could take the FBI. I think the FBI is compromised. They're left. No, dude. Yeah. They'll do whatever they're told. I don't think so. All right. Well, what else, Elijah? Uh, and, and so what I was going to say is I just I really feel like right now people are forgetting in these midterm elections. They keep saying, you know, we have to fight back against the Republicans. This is what the Republicans have done. The Republicans need to condemn these radical right, you know, opponents to democracy and things like that. But I also think that they're forgetting that these people don't care. I mean, these are right wing or not even right-wing, extremist-wing Republicans that have nothing better to do than, you know... Well, none of them care. The Democrats don't care. The Democrats don't care either. These are, for the most part, I mean, you use the term extremism, but to me, all statism, all belief in, you know, that the idea of the state is extreme because you're using... The uh, you're using violence against your neighbors. You're threatening your your neighbors with violence, whether they be lefties or righties or whatever their beliefs. These people that go and run for federal office and most state offices, for that matter, are psychopaths and sociopaths who are all into the idea of lording power over their enemies. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to disagree with you there. I, I don't think we can we should go out and say that what happened at the Capitol was necessarily wrong we actually have uh, somebody listening to the radio wndb listener out in daytona beach florida jimmy is on the line go ahead jimmy okay there's no artificial intelligence here it's all fake okay <laughs> all right i'm gonna take your right, word jimmy, for it what you got man go ahead okay here it is um you realize that Karl marx when he did it he said the the communist manifesto the government was supposed to diminish now i want to ask you guys New Hampshire succeeds from the union. What is your plan one second after? The plan for one second after secession? I think we'll have a party. Drinking party. Okay. Uh, are you going to try to rule? or? Oh, no, I'm not interested no, 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 in no, no, ruling. No. 
on anybody. I, I think whole- uh, self rulership. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, we. I think those of us who are liberty minded, those of us who are truly in favor of the individual and individual liberty here, don't want to even see a state government. But that will still exist, likely upon declaration of independence because all we're talking about there is cutting off the top layer the most evil the most violent the most despicable government is to get rid of them then we still have state level and we still have local level so we're only getting rid of one tier but that's that's so much better to work with i would much rather uh i would i like i would like to know where the guy who thinks he rules me i'd kind of like to know where he lives and or his phone number so i can call him up yeah and you can't. I can't talk to Biden, nope. but you know I can talk okay. to my local rep here in in Keene. We can go to the governor's house. We know where he lives. Yeah, so that's We've been there. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. Right. Yeah, guys, you know Lenin and Trotsky said the same thing, and then they turned it into a police state. Now you can guys going to be different up there. Yeah, power Lenin. corrupts. I don't want any of that power. What do you mean, Len- Lenin, Lenin said- and Stalin? They wanted that power. Well, hold on. What do you mean, Lenin said the same thing? That's what he said. He said they were going to get rid of it, and they tried it, and then it. Didn't oh, you're talking about the you communist know? supposed vision of oh well, first we have to in, in, increase the power of the state in order to get rid of it. It's a ridiculous. They said that theory. to get to get power. It's yeah, it's a ridiculous theory first and foremost because obviously if you give government power, it never gives it up. So we're talking about decentralizing power. We're talking about getting rid of an entire layer of coercion off of people's backs. That instantly will make the people of New Hampshire the some of the wealthiest people on the planet. New Hampshire is already fairly wealthy overall. It's kind of a you know a destination for uh, wealthy people to retire and that sort of thing because there's just aren't as many taxes here. And then there will be even fewer taxes, fewer regulations, fewer controls. Keep because, our money, not sending it right, off to the feds. Right. You keep your own money. That means money. you've got more to spend on yourself, your family, your business, your employees, your your charities and that sort of thing. And then from there, because you have to remember, in order to get to the point of secession, you have to have a population that values the ideas of independence. Otherwise, we're never going to get to that point. So you've got a population that values those ideas. They're going to be electing people that understand freedom. We're going to see the state government reducing in size. And we've already seen there was a budget cut last year uh, in the state government here in New Hampshire. So as long as free uh, free staters and libertarian, freedom-minded people start continue to be elected in larger numbers, you're going to see the size of the state and its influence over people's lives decline. Cynthia is up first in San Francisco. Cynthia, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. One thing before we um, continue, Cynthia, are you on a speakerphone? Uh, I can I can try that. It might be better. No, no, no. Try if it. you're not on a speakerphone, that's fine. I, I, it, you're, you're always better off when you're on your handset rather than a speakerphone. It just sounded a little bit like you might be on a speakerphone. But if you're on a handset, just keep going. What, what were you calling about? I was calling because... I was wondering if the federal programs you were talking about where they were censoring information uh, was used to stop the George Floyd story of his guardian ad litem, an attorney in Corpus Christi, who was the guardian ad litem when George Floyd died at a hospital in Corpus Christi in 2016. George Floyd died in 2016? What? Yes, and he, he said he tried calling all the media. Nobody wanted the story. So who so, died in 2020 if George Floyd died in 2016? 
if you look at enough footage, you'll realize that that was a dummy. Serious. The factory that makes those dummies burned down the first night of rioting. Okay. <laughs> and there was a video. There was video of Conan. This is right up your alley, around, man. I love it. <laughs> around, they, were, they were hauling around the stretcher that had a torso with a drape on it and obviously no legs. Now that disappeared uh, about a week after I tried to post a story. The story <laughs> on Hal Turner's website. Oh my God, Hal Turner is he still I, around? Yes, he is still around. Is he still he, a racist? I, you know, you know he's he is a quirky person, but I want you to know quirky he did one person. thing you're really proud of. He did one thing when he was with the FBI, and he realized that they were trying to use unconstitutional measures to indict and prosecute uh, people that were supposedly white, you know, supremacists, whatever. He mm-hmm. held the line, so they got rid of him. Okay, and they targeted him, and they put him in prison for three years. Right for writing an editorial. It's hard to feel sorry for somebody who worked with the federal government, and then they put him in prison. I'm I'm 68. I'm a recovered retired physician. Okay, I went into early retirement because my physicians made so many errors on me. So I went to the library and started going through it and realized they had cooked our textbooks. There's a human being who you say is an actor who's portraying George Floyd, this supposedly man who was dead for four years at that point. The human yeah. actor is interacting with the police because a dummy can't do that, right? Unless you're going to try to say it was a robot right. or something. Right. Right. So uh, at what point did they swap the actor no, no, no. for the dummy? They're saying Floyd was already dead in 2016. I know that. I'm yeah. asking so the, what? Yeah. The, the, that's a very good question. And to answer it, I need to tell you there was footage of this man being run around, and there was a picture, there was a, a video that happened to include a shot of a local gas station, and those weren't the gas prices in effect at the time of the supposed death of George Floyd. The okay. congressional candidate, Winnie, that's what she said. She says the gas prices right. in the in the photo right. don't add up. Right. Right. So, hold on, you're that. saying that's the injured. cops choked George Floyd in 2016? No, he died in a hospital he, he what the hell's the gas price have anything to do with anything then? It wasn't shot consistent with the time of his supposed death in a public venue. So you're saying you're saying just death. to clarify, you're saying the witnesses were in on it. Yeah, they're crisis actors. In fact, one of the officers Jesus. that was standing there was identified from prior false flags as a crisis actor. <laughs> Image. That's him. Now, I don't remember. Did okay. Floyd actually die in the street or did he die in the ambulance? Uh, I don't know. No, you understand. He died in 2016. They no, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the story. Let me. Let me. The dummy. The actor. The first night of. By the way, did you notice that the man who was holding his knee to the back or the neck, whatever you want to call it, Chauvin? Derek Chauvin? Not the same man that went to court. Was being he does look different, by the way. Of course, it's a year later, and he's all cl- he's all cleaned up. He does look a little bit different. This is interesting. This I, is I, I, want, I want to see the pictures with the gas prices. This I want to see the inconsistencies. Yeah, for sure. I, Conan, I know you're going to dig into this tonight. One, man. Yeah, this is all. I want to di- see these pictures. This is totally up Conan's alley. James Fetzer, and see if you can get a picture of the uh, the, the the dummy being wheeled around and on the stretcher that was a torso and had no legs, because. 
my access to that. What is the point of that? You know, it's really, you know, that whole scene, you know, with like police on the back of the cruiser. Uh And that's that, that, you know, monumental picture that was taken. And it just police happens to be in the frame. It really does seem like someone was really taking advantage of a really sad scene. Okay, but what's the theory, Cynthia? Why would they go through all of the racial division? No, well, what they did was when they when they burned down sections of the city, it was primarily black-owned businesses that were burned down. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.